Friends beyond the binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this is a treat with no, the only trick will be keeping you company and taking your mind off of stuff and uh, me getting confused and mixed up because uh, it's time for uh, one of the more popular uh, episodes from Sleep With Me, uh, Halloween Pasts. Uh, this is a costume nostalgia episode from the 600s. And uh, one I get a lot of feedback about uh, is a little replay, uh, so you get a little bit more of uh, corn in your candy or candy in your corn. Now, if you're new to the podcast, you're like, what in the name of uh, candy that looks like food that's not the same? What what does candy corn look? It just looks like candy corn. It doesn't look like corn. I agree with you. If you're confused by candy corn... Raise your hand. Also, if you eat candy corn in sections, please raise. You don't have to raise your hand, actually. But I, you know, I do. Candy corn. I eat it in sections. When I eat it, which is rare, every few years, candy corn. Got to go get some so I can eat it sectionally. I have two or three-year-old candy corn in my cupboard that's still not opened. Uh, So I'll be eating that. Section by section, I'll be keeping you company. Welcome to Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to keep you company and take your mind off of stuff so you can get the sleep you need and you deserve. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad I help uh, get to help keep you company. You deserve a good night's sleep. So this show will do a little bit of uh, support for the show. Then there'll be an intro and then there'll be a story. I'm so glad you're here. Thanks so much for listening. And thanks for making all this possible, my patron peeps. Uh, hey, you all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep. Welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's thoughts, uh, feelings, physical sensations, uh, stuff, uh, stuffing recipes, uh, like thinking about recipes, uh, recipe cards. I think I've said this before, no recipe cards in bed. Maybe even, maybe like on your bedside table in a, you know, in a nice, maybe no binders in bed either. I think we've talked about these things before, but if you're new, oh, let me see, let me, let me, like, yeah, let me do a real intro before I go off on a tangent already. Silly me. Uh, what I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's keeping you awake. Uh, I'm going to try to make you feel welcome. I'm going to try to earn your trust um, by uh, being present here to keep you company. I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use these lulling, soothing, uh, creaky dulcet tones, pointless meanders, which I already got uh, distracted by. Also, I already forgot what my pointless meander was. Uh, no, I'm not kidding either. I think my mom just called right in on my brain. She said, you're kidding, right? You didn't forget that fast. I said, yeah, mom, I did. Uh, and I'm afraid I'll get to, if I try to backtrack, I'll get to doubly distract, double distractions. That's another way this podcast works. Also, uh, mild embarrassment because they say huh what did i what was i talking about that is kind of embarrassing uh uh all i can picture is an autumn moon cake uh, because i was just having a conversation with someone about uh autumn moon cakes uh so i know it wasn't that but that's also another thing on my brain my brain says hey how about those autumn moon cakes uh and I said, well, I'm trying to do a podcast intro for the new listeners. So excuse me, uh, Autumn Mooncake Brain. So if you're new here, I'm glad you're here. This is a podcast to take your mind off of stuff to keep you company while you fall asleep. Uh, structurally, the show starts off with six minutes of business uh, because it's a sleep podcast. We got to do that up front. And that's how we keep the show free in all our archives free. If you're new, not super big deal. If you're a regular listener, uh, when your hand hits the fridge tomorrow, just remember sleepwithmepodcast.com slash sponsors. And, you know, then you can say, huh, let me choose how I want to support the show. 
so there's six minutes of business up front. Then there's about a 12-minute intro, which we're into. Usually, uh, they go the same way. I say, okay, I'm going to hear here. Here we go. I'm going to explain exactly what the podcast is in a very uh, compre- like not comprehensive way. I was going to say a word, and then I said, I don't think that's the correct pronunciation. The word that goes like E-R-U-I-D-I-T-E or something, erudite, uh, may be the word I'm thinking of. Uh, there's a ga- I think there's a game show broadcast coming in. Words on my brain for 500, Alec. Oh, Alex. I always think it's, Al- it's Alec, right? Oh, okay. Whichever I say is going to be wrong. Thanks, Alec. I'll take uh, words on my brain for uh, autumn. What is autumn mooncake? Uh no, 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 Alec, you're not allowed to ask me what an autumn mooncake is. Uh, I have the printout in my kitchen, and I received a lot of autumn mooncakes at a recent wedding I went to. Thank you. Uh, next, next question, Alec. Well, I know I'm not. I, I know I'm not the host, but this is my own delusion, is it not? No, oh, that's a daily double. Great uh, a podcast intro for. Uh, is that, what is a pod, so, oh, I didn't say what is a pod, sorry, I forgot to do that as a question, Alex. Uh, distractions on my brain for, uh, 600. Oh, I forgot. What is, I forgot. Uh, do, do you get to, does that count? Okay, great. Uh, do, oh, things Scooter says a lot, uh, uh for 1,000, please. Oh, I got to get back to the, uh, I got to get back to the new listeners. What is, I got to get, how can I, uh mess up uh, a game show anyway hey i'm back uh, sorry i had to interrupt that one uh, uh because i could, couldn't even manage my own imaginary game show but if you're new here so that's what the intro is usually it's not that uh, gripping like oh boy is scooter going to be answer be able to answer his own questions is he going to be able to complete a sentence without mumbling so uh, that's the intro, and I'll explain more, believe me, you know. Uh, but then there's like a story, and the story's about 45 minutes or so, and then there's some thank yous at the end of the show. So that's the structure of the show. And here's what to, uh, here's the rules. Or there's, there is no rules. Uh, be nice. I guess that there is a rule. But hey, try to be nice. Uh, but I guess that's not even a rule. It's more of a guideline or request. That'd be, ni- that'd be nice. Uh, but uh, you don't need to. What what are the rules? So you uh, oh you're you're under no pressure to listen, which I think you probably figured that out. It's like, oh, do am I supposed to listen to this guy? He's not making it, and they say no. Yeah, you you barely you barely kind of listen to me. You just kind of tune in. Uh, so you don't need to listen, but you're also under no pressure to fall asleep. I'll be here for about an hour to keep you company, while you fall asleep at your leisure. Like, I'm the voice across the deep, dark night. I'm the distraction. I could be the droning. You could. There's listeners that lower the volume. There's a lot of listeners uh, that either English is their second language or they don't even speak English. Uh, there's a lot of people that say, I barely speak English. Uh, so uh, you don't really need to listen. And, oh, and you don't also need to feel any pressure to fall asleep. I think that's what I was trying to say. Like I'm here uh, to keep you company and you can run episodes back to back all night if you need to. And the reason I make this show is because I've been there, uh, sleepless, uh, tossing and turning. I really wish I could remember what I was thinking about before autumn mooncakes. Uh, let's see. I started the intro and then I got distracted uh, by, uh, like, uh, I don't know, you, you, I'm not kidding. When I tell you what just popped into my brain, I went back, I tried to backtrack. And maybe it was because we were talking about game shows. And this is probably a dated reference, so you might have to Google it tomorrow. And this is going to seem like, uh, I guess this is like, what is that called? This is a Rorschach test for me. Like, I started going back. I said, what was I talking about before Autumn Mooncakes? Uh, and then I saw Cloris Leachman. Like, uh, she, she, was, she was a comedian. And she appeared, I think, on a lot of game shows. I mean, I could, I, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know my, uh, another word that starts with an L from my Leachman anyway. But there she was standing there in the, in the annals of my brain. 
And I said, excuse me, this is this all happened in real time. I'm just it just happened seconds ago. I got to tell you why I remember it. Uh, I said, excuse me, Miss Miss Leachman. And she said, of course, she said, my mother's Miss Le-. I said, excuse me. Uh, I, I said, uh, I, and then I started calling her Cloris Leachman. And I said, is that like, I think it's, I don't think I have your name. I actually, I'm trying to get past you to figure out what I was talking about. Uh, and then I said, is it really Cloris Leachman? And then I said, I hope I'm, am I recording a podcast intro or have I fallen into my own dream? And uh, then again, I saw, I, then I said, okay, I got to reassure myself. So I pictured Alec or Alex or Alec Trebek in a gray suit and with pocket square. And that centered me. So if you ever need any centering, very good image to center yourself. Uh, so that's how I made it back here. So I don't know what I was talking about before Autumn Mooncakes. It, 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 uh, I remember talking to my mom, and then she said, get back to the podcast and stop messing around. Or she was worried about me. It, it, so it must have been, oh, because I forgot what I was talking about. That's why she was worried. So don't not, no need to worry, Mom. This is all... Uh, what makes podcasts work? Unfortunately, I wish it was a bit. I wish I was playing a character, but uh, I feel like uh, it's weird to have like uh, my memories blocked by an image of Cloris Leachman, and then say, "I never thought about it." Is that really her? Is it Carol Leachman or Cloris Leachman? And then how do you even spell Cloris? Uh, C L O. Is it really? Is that like? Uh, oh boy. Uh. Anyway, so if you're new, this uh, I'm 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 I've backtracked one too many times, but this podcast is a little bit silly, clearly a little bit goofy, a little bit strange. Like tomorrow, you may wake up and you say, "Hankering uh, for autumn mooncake," which I would say it's a great thing for breakfast because it uh, I would say have half because it's very high calorically. Uh, but it has egg yolk in there. It's got some carbs. You may want to, uh, like, uh, have a side of protein, maybe an egg, egg white or something. Um, maybe where you are, you probably, you could get those on the internet. And, uh, I do have an autumn mooncake question because I was thinking about putting it in, in with my, uh, long-term supplies, like in case, like, uh, like like with canned goods and stuff, they say, how long did, if these things have so much calories in it, uh, like, should it, like, will it keep in here? Because it's in plastic wrap. So I don't know the, I don't know the answers to any of those questions. Uh, but I do know this. I, I'm glad you're here. And as strange and silly as this podcast is, it's for you. Uh, the highest goal of the show is to make bedtime uh, something you can look forward to because you know you have an ally, uh, a friend, as Baloo once said, or whoever, King Louis. Who sang that song? King Louis, King Louis or because King Louis wasn't a friend. Baloo's a friend, right? Never had a friend like me. And that's what all my friends say about me all the time. Uh, a lot of times they're sighing, though. But uh, you have an ally in me in the deep dark night. I'm here. I'm here to help. Uh, hopefully, I'm here to make you barely smile, uh, and to start the process where you drool or you snore or you roll around in deep, deep slumber. That's a job I take very seriously, and I take it with a dose of honor because it's really, really. Uh, um, I'm humbled to be able to help, and I'm glad you're here. If this is your first few times here, what can I say? I don't even know what the heck just happened. Uh, I'm going to have to talk to, a, I mean, I'll be talking to my professional about this one. Uh, see, is it, is it Cloris Leachman? That's going to be the first thing I Google after uh, I get out of here. Like, If it's not, it's like, uh, holy cow, uh, where did that word come from? So anyway, I'm glad you're here. Podcast's a little bit silly, so give it a few tries, but I work very hard. Because uh, I really hope I can help you fall asleep. Thanks for coming by. All right, hey everybody, it's uh, Scoots. It's uh, no, it's like a, it's a Tuesday episode time, and hopefully I get this episode out for Halloween. If I don't, I guess it'll be uh, 
egg on my face, but I was trying to think of uh, what uh, I've been for. Like, I was like, oh, what could we do for Halloween? And I was thinking of uh, my childhood, as some people like to talk about, you know, hear about little Andy's adventures as a boy. Uh, that's me. That was me. Went back when before I became Dear Scooter, uh, before I was uh, uh, kissed by a pillow and given the power to put people to sleep. That's how it happened. Uh, kissed by a nuclear pillow. Uh, I said, are you a nuclear pillow? And the pillow said, nope, I'm a nuclear pillow and I'm going to kiss you. And from here on forward, your life will never be the same. And I said, is there any chance, uh, like, I could kiss a scientist instead, a nuclear nuclear scientist in the pillow? Uh, it, like, when you get a blank look from a pillow, you never forget it. And then when the pillow kisses you, uh, it's just, it's, uh, hopefully no pillows are listening. It's, oh, they probably are, though. It's, uh, no offense, I'm not a pillow. So it's like, uh. If the pillow was not nuclear, uh, I, I don't know any, like it might have been just like uh, pressing my lips against uh, like a pillow, which I do every night in some sense. Uh, but this kiss had meaning and it enabled me to make the podcast. And I don't know what my point is. I don't know, like, uh, so I was thinking about uh, Halloween. <laughs> I guess that was like my Halloween cat. I mean, that's my, like, uh, oh, because I was once little Andy. Now I'm dearest scooter, dearest scooter. I inhabit this role. Uh, here's your sleep podcaster with the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story, as we always say. But I was thinking about Halloween. I don't know if I've ever talked about Halloween costumes. And then I said, well, that'll be, that'll be a great episode, Scoots. Uh, Let's do it. And then I was like, okay, what Halloween costumes do I remember? And I think if you interview most kids, uh, well, they might remember better. I remember Halloween. I remember, I remember trick-or-treating. I remember my dad liked to take us trick-or-treating. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe at some point my parents had to split up because there were six kids. Yeah, but when I did my trick-or-treating the majority of the time, or just the power of my own ego, which is probably more likely, is uh, I can remember trick-or-treating with my siblings, Carl and Sheila, and maybe occasionally with my brother, Ted, and my dad. And my dad did like to dress dress up. He wouldn't dress up. He would just, every year, my, my dad would have a tradition of buying a new, uh, what do we say? This is still sleep, a new vest- vestige, a visage, uh, a, masquer- a masquerade enabler uh, every year. He would get a new one. And my dad didn't have like a lot of, uh, I guess he always had these micro-traditions. And so that was his micro-tradition. Or I guess he never was free like uh, with his money. Uh, like he's a very conservative person when he's spending. So it, like, uh, and he, he always did this without us. Like he would come home and he would have his Halloween, uh, uh, maybe the word will come, his masquerade, you know, his uh, thingamajig and his covering. And he would, he would show it to us and it would usually be pretty impressive. And I think, at least for me, I can't speak for my siblings. It was always like this uh, side of my father, uh, that also had a little mystery because said, what you, like, uh, you went to a store by yourself. These were just, uh, things I couldn't picture. And you went, uh, Halloween shopping. And I guess now as an adult, I can see this ritual aspect of it, uh, that's pretty cool. Like it's a cool insight to have. Uh, and he would always have a hooded sweatshirt. I mean, my dad was wearing hooded sweatshirts before Mark Zuckerberg, just so in, uh, Elliot, uh, uh, from the show, which of course his name just escapes me. Uh, but, but way before, you know, way before social network, uh, my dad had a hooded sweatshirt. So just wanted that to know, you know, to, to get on the record. This isn't against Zuckerberg or, uh, you know, the movie portrayal. Uh, but he did have hooded sweatshirts way back before that. Yeah. Or, um, yeah, I was going to go on a hooded sweatshirt t- tangent. But so that would always add to his uh, allure. 
And that would usually be his costume, hooded sweatshirt, his uh, covering, and jeans and boots or something. And to me as a child, my dad was a very big man and and kind of uh, like a giant. So uh, I always found it like, uh, and there is something for, depending on the age of a kid, just uh, I can only imagine what it's like for pets. I always imagine they're like on Halloween, they're like, what in the, like, uh, what the, is going on here? What do you do? Like if my dog gets, she'd be like, what are you, what are you doing? And I think I'll come back to like my current issues. Like this might be the year I actually, uh, bring Halloween back for myself. Uh, but so, uh, so that was one aspect was my father liked Halloween and, and he liked going trick or treating. And so that was like a, like a moment we had with my dad, uh, that, that I really remember and I really appreciate. And I know not everybody has that. Uh, and I will acknowledge that, uh, but maybe you could take a, a strange bath in my nostalgia. But if I really remember, like when I think about the costumes, I'm having trouble remembering that. So maybe that'll come up later. Because, uh, like, I also know I don't ever remember going Halloween. Maybe I did, like, Kmart or something with my dad, uh, go Halloween costume shopping. But I don't have a lot of uh, memories of going uh, shopping. So maybe that was another, it was also, a, a, like, a, it was a dual thing, like where maybe I had some resentment, and then my dad had this sweet Halloween get up. Uh, and I was like, "What? You know, what in the heck uh, is? Where's my? Where's my stuff?" Uh, and it seems like Halloween in the past, like ten years, has become much bigger business uh, than it was when I was a kid. It was a big deal, but I don't remember it being a big business. And and. Uh, I remember, like, they took whatever garbage bags were made out of. That's what they made. And, like, uh, or maybe it's just vinyl. That's what they made kid, kids' Halloween costumes out of. And, like, 90% of kids' Halloween costumes were a vinyl, like, culottes or a onesie. It was almost like a onesie. Yeah, you think it was a onesie. Isn't it like that people are making fun of hipsters now uh, for wearing rompers? Uh, and I think these actually were like a, a vinyl romper, which nobody's going to wear that anywhere. And you would wear it over your clothes. Uh, and just for the people that weren't like uh, children of the 80s, I'm trying to paint a really clear picture. Like now, like uh, some of the Halloween costumes that I've seen are made from a flimsy material. Like if you buy one at the last minute, like let's say Buzz Lightyear, that's a, always a, like a popular costume for the past whatever, 20, 50, probably 15 years, a beloved character. Like a, I can picture a Buzz Lightyear, it would be like, it could be either two things, a very flimsy material and a Buzz Lightyear mask. Or there'd be like an upgraded, like nearly a foam-like material. And maybe with the Buzz Lightyear wings and then a, a mask, uh, maybe a built-in mask that's a hoodie, maybe a separate mask. And the foam ones, they seem all right. I mean, I can't imagine, because like, it seems like uh, you also have, there's a difference between Halloween costumes and dress-up clothes. Uh, I think it's just a different price point and marketing technique. But I think, because uh, I've seen kids in both of those get-ups as Buzz Lightyear. And then maybe even a higher upgraded one that's more of like a, a silky material. And that one is like up, like all the way either as separate pants or it includes pants and um, like it's not a romper. But for the most part, like maybe more of a cool hot romper or ju- what's the difference between a jumper and a romper? Uh, I guess they shouldn't have started. And was romper room named romper room because all the kids were in rompers? Also, what a fitting word for Sleep With Me podcast. How come, do they have romper pajamas? Because I could actually, I mean, I don't know if I could because I don't, like, uh, I don't really wear pajamas anyway. Uh, I find them way too constricting and, and uh, uh, especially because I do this those dolphin dives in my bed when I'm asleep. I leap out of, like, my bed into the air to turn over like a dolphin does. I think we called them dolphin breaches. But back when I was a kid, back in, back when back in, back in the eighties, uh, you would go to Kmart or your a version of Kmart, uh, 
that was probably the number one place to purchase Halloween costumes that I know of. Uh, so there weren't party stores or pop-up Halloween stores, like seasonal Halloween stores. And there wasn't the internet where you like, it's like, why, like, uh, uh, you know, where you could just order a costume. Uh, so you would go, like, uh, you had two choices, uh, or no, three choices. Oh boy. I think I did tell this one story of my greatest Halloween costume. So I won't tell that one unless we need time at the end, because I can't remember if I've told it or not. Uh, but you really had, uh, only a few choices. Uh, go to Kmart, get this vinyl one. Oh, so it came with a vinyl romper. Let me see. Like you make your own, have your parents make you your own, or go to Kmart. Those are the options I knew about. Uh, so at Kmart, you had a vinyl uh, outfit. Uh, so you'd put your legs in, and it would only go to your like your knees, maybe the the pants. I'm picturing a Batman. Uh, so it and it had no accessories, unless maybe if you bought the like more expensive one. But again, there's six kids in my family, so. Uh, even these were probably not cheap. So it was like a, it was a romper or one, whatever. It wasn't a onesie cause it was just shorts. Uh, uh, so it would go to your knees and it would be like, you had Batman legs, but only to your knees. And then you should wear dark pants or something. And then all vinyl. So it looked like a, a vinyl, uh, print of like a gray Batman pants, then a yellow Batman utility belt. Then the Batman chest and sign and neck and shoulders. And then it went down to your, like, uh, to close to your wrists with the arms. And then the back of it was a bit like an apron where you tied it on in, like, two places. So from the back, I think they probably looked pretty ridiculous. But uh, nobody cared because everybody had the same costumes. And then you had a mask, uh, which was made by thin plastic. But it was pretty cool. And that would be the mask was like the main thing. The 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 um, romper. <laughs> I do, do I love saying romper? And I don't know why people are like. Uh, I guess it, here's the thing about rompers. I've seen the pictures. I've seen the memes. And I don't know if I appreciate the uh, anti-romper, anti-male romper sentiment. Uh, in, in except in some cases, if it's too tight. Uh, yeah, what the heck? Like, get a romper, make sure it's comfortable. Or if they're too short, uh, if they're too short, just get short shorts. Why do you have to have romper, short, short rompers? And so I think people are going all or nothing. Instead of seeing rompers, the, 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 uh, like saying, oh, there could be more than one style of male romper. Like, didn't Will, like, didn't the Oompa Loompas, weren't they in rompers? Uh, I don't know. We're, uh, like, I'm just trying to picture it in my head. Or they were more in onesies, maybe. But it's one thing if it's like a very tight romper with short shorts, uh, and then you're just hanging out because it's a little aggressive. It says, well, hey, can, can, you, uh, can you put some shorts on? Like, I'm, I'm here. Like, you're in a romper to lounge. You can't be comfortable with all that uh, constriction. And believe me, I'm comfortable around anybody in short shorts, anybody, anywhere, anytime, in the right context. If you're, like, uh, in some sort of short short situation, you say, hey, well, this is a situation, like, where I'm in a short romper, short, tight romper, I'd say, okay. But, you know, I think when people meme it, it's like people at a barbecue or whatever, and you say, hey, it's on the grill. Let's keep it. Let's keep the, let's keep that on the grill and not at like, a, can you get some a romper that's a little bit less uh, form fitting? Uh, OK, so I think I covered male rompers it, like uh, or I don't know. Is that I guess because I don't know about rompers. I just I may be digging up in my own romper ignorance. Uh, do they have to have short shorts and be tight? Uh Again, I don't know the difference between a jumper. I think a jumper has, like, a dress with shorts. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Maybe a romper and a jumper are pretty close, though. I mean, I guess another side of the romper that, that I don't hear talked about is, like, uh, uh, you know, peeing. Like, so I guess there's a lot to think about. So let's not—don't start sending me rompers uh, because that's a pretty big issue that I didn't even think about, Uh 
So anyway, but these uh, vinyl Halloween costumes were in the romper style, or what I what I'm calling it, because uh, that's a very sleepy word. Then you had a mask, and the mask had uh, like a one uh, elastic band. And depending, most of the time it wasn't even elastic; it was just a rubber, like a like a. It was two staples and a rubber band, not a rubber band, but you know, like a. I guess it's an elastic band, but very rarely was the elastic band covered in, um, like sometimes elastic bands are covered in material. These were just usually straight rubber. And this could be, you know, mask was easily, these masks were really only good for Halloween night. Uh, you just, you like, uh, work it out and then you say, okay, then you can just be Batman as much as you want. I think we would put them away, but we'd always outgrow. So I don't know if my poor siblings had to wear, like duct taped versions of my Batman or uh, whatever Darth or Boba Fett uh, uh, Halloween costumes. If so, I apologize. I guess I have more, yet more amends to make. Uh, but uh, so those were your kid costumes. I don't, I don't want to, I think I remember my sister being strawberry shortcake. Uh, I definitely remember as I got older, my siblings being like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, I don't know. They were heroes in a half shell. They were a whole shell of heroes to me. Uh, but personally, like I would say, uh, like me and Carl were pretty close in age, like uh, 19, no, no, 22 months or 23 months, the difference in age. Uh, so we would probably have coordinated outfits, but I can't really remember anything other than Star Wars. Uh, but I couldn't have been a Star Wars figure every year. And I don't know who I would have been. Probably Darth. Uh, I mean, I would be like, I tell you what, if 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 I was buying a Halloween, Halloween costume 12 years ago, I would be Snape every time. Get me in a Snape romper with a mask, uh, or just be Alan Rickman. Uh, uh, you know, we're thinking of you, Alan, uh, but uh, I don't know what that has to do with anything. It just went way off. Uh, but I was just thinking of if I was choosing my Halloween outfit, uh, Every, I guess maybe I should just be the characters played by Alan Rickman. But I can't do any Alan Rickman impersonations. So anyway, so those were the Halloween costumes of my youth, if you were going to store-bought ones. And I can remember going with my dad. I can see, yeah, I can see Star Wars, maybe an R2-D2 one. Maybe, I hope I wasn't C-3PO. Uh uh, maybe Stormtrooper. Yeah, I'm trying to think, but I, I can remember Batman, but I don't know if it was Carl was Batman or I was Batman. And maybe Carl was Robin. Uh, whatever. So, oh boy. Okay, so my mind is starting to uh, coalesce uh, around some other uh, like Halloween costumes that, that I've been. Uh, so we would go trick-or-treating. I think that covers it, like, as far as, like, the, the little kid, because I don't really have a great memory, except for the greatest Halloween costume ever made by my mom, uh, which I think I did an episode on, but don't worry. I'll, I'll talk about it. So you're not missing anything. You could just email me or ask about it uh, anyway, uh, because I have, like, not even a pre-pubescent, like, uh, like, a story that I don't think I've shared. Maybe I did, uh but so at some point, Carl and I realized, uh, or I guess together, uh, since we were close in age, that it was like much, we were much better off. Or maybe my mom just said, forget those stupid vinyl Halloween because they would rip. Or, you know, if you try, it was like the kind of thing, if you tried it on before Halloween, the, the costume would break and it'd be unusable. And uh, then you'd cry, and then you're, you know, and then you'd be like, "Well, that's the only thing." I do remember they came in these cool boxes, uh, almost like a little tiny square box, and it had like a clear, uh, a translucent uh, cover where you could see the mask, and then it had the picture of the happiest kid in the world, uh, where it didn't look like a romper. Uh, it looked like they were, at, and then it had like the picture of the character to confuse you and be like, oh boy, am I going to look exactly like Darth Vader? Are people going to fall, you know, down to one knee in supplication? Uh, but uh, but I, I don't know. So, 
You get, I get off. Oh, so, but the costumes never worked out. I'm sorry, I get mixed up there. I'm just trying to like rack my brain. Uh, and then I remember, yeah, at some point, Carl and I started making our own costumes and using our toys and other things. Uh, and probably I got Carl in trouble. He's, I remember one year we played like G.I. Joe type characters. And I don't know that we necessarily went shopping for anything. So I know we had made ourselves beards. And I can kind of remember getting in trouble somehow. So I don't know what we used. We probably used a permanent marker to give ourselves beards. And maybe even, like, better eyebrows. Uh, But I can remember seeing Carl, like, who was a redhead with a full uh, black Sharpie beard. And I had one. And then we'd use our things. So we played like a G.I. Joe type, more I think of an Arnold Schwarzenegger. Maybe we were like in an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie phase. Uh, it's probably right right around that age, uh, at the height of his, uh, his uh, movie fame. And I think we had some sort of fatigues or green clothes. I don't ever remember owning any fatigues, like camo. But maybe we did, because I can kind of picture Carl with a beard and maybe like a bandanas, they were important. Uh, so I remember that. I remember one year dressing as like a mad, some, a couple of years I had a uh, lab coat. At some, at some point I got my hands on a lab coat, and that's a handy thing to have uh, for Halloween, like because uh, you can really switch it up. Uh, and like utilize it for different things. So I think one year uh, I was a mad scientist. I don't know. The next year I think it was something like uh, embarrassing. Like uh, maybe uh, I don't know. Like uh, maybe Carl had busted me. He was a GI Joe, and I was a person he had busted. Uh, I think that sounds about right. Like, he was the hero and I was the villain, based on G.I. Joe. So I was some sort of, like, uh, Cobra-related. I was in Cobra Commander. And because I didn't have... These were, like, independent independent Halloween costumes. That's funny, but that's what they were. And I was just talking to my daughter about this, of, like, uh, when you get too old to love Halloween. And, of course, just like uh, everything with me, you know, I was a late bloomer. uh, uh, Physically... Emotionally, you know, I'm still waiting, uh, and even maturity-wise. So I would have kept uh, trick-or-treating and celebrating Halloween uh, uh, probably for a long time. So I'm sure in seventh grade I probably still trick-or-treated, but I remember in eighth grade I was in middle school, and there was going to be a dance for our school. And I also remember... uh, Maybe Carl and I had done this year before, but maybe not. Like, we wanted to be punks uh, from the great punk, like, uh, which is kind of, like, uh, very suburban. Uh, so, but, you know, this is just who we were, suburban kids. Uh, or I guess we were kind of suburban kids. Uh, but so we wanted to be punks, and uh, we really uh, put a lot of work into our uh, costumes by like uh, I remember first thing we did was we took t-shirts and I'm sure we did this unsupervised on a weekend day and we also bought a ton of hair dye like spray painted hair dye so we spray painted shirts uh, so we had white t-shirts that were spray painted I don't know where we got those or if they were school shirts or something so we did that uh and then we got ourselves on some hair, our hands on the hair gel. And I was able to give myself a mohawk uh, with the gel, with the spikes. Uh, so a spiked mohawk uh, because I had like a bowl cut of straight hair. So that was very easy to spike into. I mean, I should have just kept that for the rest of my life. Uh, or at least, you know, through, through my late 20s. Yeah, because it looked pretty sweet. And then we spray painted our hair. And I think Carl had more of like a, like a sculpted, because his hair's a lot uh, curlier and thicker that he had to just, uh, like instead of spikes, he just did one straight grease mohawk. Uh, and then we could color our hair. And then we started probably cutting up other clothes. I remember I cut up a pair of jeans and um, 
I cut up a pair of gloves. I cut all the fingers off the gloves. I probably put spikes on the gloves and probably ruined a jacket, I'm assuming. And I think Carl probably did the same thing. Uh, but uh, I guess I still wanted to go trick-or-treating, but I was supposed to go to this high school or middle school dance. And these are the opportunities that time and knowledge and experience. Uh, so if anybody young is listening and you're awake, uh, hopefully this comforts you. Or if you for some reason stay awake and you look back at things, uh, uh, maybe you'll be empowered by this story. Maybe not. But so, and I don't know if anybody was getting a date to the dance. I mean, I never had dates for dances, but, uh, and it just, it, it seemed way too, like I was too neuro- neurotic anyway. It was just too stressful and probably not in the cards a lot of times. I mean, even later when you had to have a date, I sometimes, but whatever. I don't, I think this was just a fun Halloween dance. And I don't know if uh, my friends, we voted uh, if we were going to dress up or, or how we did that or like, uh, but I was going full bore as a punk, uh, like, so I don't know what happens with my friends. You know, some people like, like a, a couple of my friends, uh, I don't know if I keep in touch with all of them. But some of them were on a little bit of a cooler side. So they might've been, too, they might've been not dressed up. Uh, and some of my friends were embracing like that child side still. So they would have dressed up. And then some of my friends might've been like halfway in between, or too nervous to dress up. Uh, but I remember I showed up at this dance and I probably got dropped off by my mom, maybe with my friends, but maybe not. And maybe that was like already, but I was like this, like I was a method, like I had descended into the, like in my, my eighth grade mind, I was a punk now. And I literally looked like I just rolled out of the West Village and straight into Syracuse, New York, into an eighth grade dance because I was already like very pale skinned. And uh, I think my brow was furrowed at birth. So I had a furrowed brow. And I probably had a jacket that I cut the arms off of, probably a jacket that I loved. And I loved the gloves that I cut the fingertips off of. And. Here's like a interesting thing to learn. Like I said, so I showed up at this dance and out of all the people, let's say there was like 150 kids at this dance, seventh and eighth graders. Um, I guess I already had a reputation and I don't know what that reputation was, which we'll kind of get into. But I like uh, when I was in seventh and eighth grade, it was when I was the most social and least introverted in my life. And definitely the overthinking of post-puberty probably, like, impacted uh, me being more introverted uh, or more protective or whatever, closed off. Uh, So at this time, uh, I had a lot less to lose because uh, not all my natural drives and the associated thoughts had, like, uh, cropped up. uh, uh, So I was less likely to be embarrassed. I mean, much like a lot of these shows... uh, that are popular with the child protagonists. Uh, and so I think like out of all the kids at the dance, like uh, maybe half the kids were dressed up and maybe half the kids weren't. And maybe uh, a very small percentage of the kids went full bore in dressing up like there was a contest. Though maybe, I don't know if there was a costume contest in, because I don't remember winning it. But I remember I was one of the most... Uh, uh, costumed people, uh, but I like, uh, but my costume was, uh, a point of conversation. Like it was like, like, uh, and I think this is the key thing. Like, uh, a lot of times we see things as like, uh, you're being laughed at or you're being uh, laughed with, right? Like either you're the funny person making people laugh and you're in control. And I think that's kind of sold as an illusion. I don't even know if it's true. And you're really funny because if you try to be funny, you know, kind of, or you're kind of the person like uh, the stuff of the uh, hard high school memories of people are laughing at you and making fun of you. But I think at some point in the podcast was a big part of this is realizing there's actually a middle place where you like uh, you can have another reaction from people. And it's like part of it is confusion because they're like, like when I showed up at this dance, like 
There was people laughing with me and there's people laughing at me. But most people were like, uh, and I never realized this, unfortunately, like that this is like, uh, I think I was always overanalyzing things, uh, that there was more, more people were like, stunned is the wrong word, but something like stunned and not quite impressed, but, uh, I mean, and maybe confused of like, uh, who the heck is this kid? I don't know, because there is something illicit in a positive way about kids uh, that, like, don't care. Like, just say, hey, I'm here. I'm fully dressed as punk. Like, uh, to the kids that are maybe cool or that are like, well, I didn't uh, dress up because I'm too cool or I want to seem cool. Uh, that maybe, like, I didn't have any confidence. I, I, I like, uh, I only had my youth. Uh, and uh, my gullibility, and I guess a little bit of uh, my still love of Halloween. Uh, but so uh, I arrived at the dance. I had I remember my hair was blue on one side, I think, and like pink on the other. I had my spray paint shirt, some sort of vest, uh, gloves, and then jeans, which I had ripped open. And... Uh, Maybe like high top sneakers with no laces. I don't know what I was wearing shoes wise, or maybe I found some sort of boots. Oh, you know what? No, because I remember someone gave me their boots. Uh, someone had combat boots, and we traded shoes at the dance. Which uh, so I arrived at the dance, and like I said, there's this middle thing, and this happens a lot with the podcast where people are. Uh, they they are laughing at you, but in a way that's not negative, uh, where you're being yourself. Uh, you're not, like, okay, I mean, this happens to me all the time with podcasts, like uh, in the intros. Uh, I'll be being myself, uh, and, and it happens to me in my regular life, too. And people will laugh uh, because your perspective is so much different than theirs, and it's amusing to them. And, I mean, I laugh at other people sometimes. uh but it's not a mean-spirited kind of laughter. It's like a dissonant laughter, but it's a positive. Like uh, so much of this uh, good humor uh, from good comedians or good uh, drama comes from misdirection. And in that case, it's an intentional misdirection. But in this case, it's just natural uh, the misdirection of being yourself. And uh, so a lot of people were blown away when I showed up at this dance. And... Not in a heroic, uh, like in a very gray area, blown away of like, what in the heck? Uh, and I remember people studying my outfit and me kind of like yeah, uh, uh, being pleased and, and kind of showing it off. And then, yeah, some seventh grader who actually, there were some actual real punks. Uh, uh, so this one kid was like, here, wear my combat boots. Uh, like, uh, you'll look even more uh, hilarious. And as I said, I already, I don't know how much dancing I did, but I did like to dance, like I did like some of that, uh, I did have positive association with, uh, acting goofy, but I was never the class clown because if like, if I was clowning around, I was just being myself and maybe like I was privately like using English accent or anything or something, uh. Uh, but I can remember, uh, like, mostly being surrounded by younger kids, like seventh grade kids, uh, that I kind of, like, either rode the bus with. I can remember, like, one of the kids that was actually, like, uh, a little bit more, maybe he had an older sibling or he was a little bit tougher and in the kind of real punk range. Uh, like, I was hanging out with them because, like, because of our tracking and our school, uh, I had a closer relationship with uh, the kids that were in my track. And at some point, like, things did, like, uh, like, uh, like, I think one thing that this can trigger in other kids is, uh, like, sometimes it can trigger a little bit of jealousy. Like, maybe people were thinking I was, uh, more confident or maybe because, like, uh, like, uh, you know, sometimes there's a strange vibration in what we do. And so at some point, and I'm not sure who it is, but this has, don't worry, this story immediately flips to the positive. Uh, like, cause I was hanging out with these two kids that were like seventh graders that tended to be in more trouble. And because they thought like, uh, like they, they were eating up my jokes and my punk material. 
And they just seemed to be like more blown away than anyone else. And maybe behind my back, they were laughing at me, but I don't think so. And I don't necessarily remember it. And even the class clowns, I think the class clowns in our class, um, I can remember one kid, uh, like, uh, even if they didn't dress up, you know, the class clowns love clowning around. And seventh and eighth grade can still be a time, uh, where your quirks are a little bit more embraced. Uh, not always, uh, but at some point I was dancing and some of the kids, uh, and I don't even remember who it was, uh, decided to further the rips on my jeans on the dance floor. And maybe it was out of whatever aggression or jealousy or whatever. And there wasn't much room up my thighs to, uh, to go with the rips. And again, I guess this is like a masculine, like a thing is like, uh, maybe there was an attempt to, to demasculate, like whatever, like, uh, so immediately my, uh, like inner thighs were almost exposed, but like immediately two of the, uh, uh, more troublemaking kids, uh, leapt to, to my aid and then helped me repair my outfit with my bandana. Like, I think I had a couple bandanas on, like maybe around my arms or something. Uh, so then I was able to put bandanas around my inner thighs, uh, to, to kind of hold my pants together. I think maybe I also bleached the pants, uh, there's jean. I think they were jeans. Uh, and then eventually I returned my combat boots to my friend. Uh, and I guess that's all I really remember about the dance. I remember feeling a little bit bad about ruining the gloves, but I also like it was because me and my brother Carl had gotten matching gloves. Uh, mine were gray. His were black uh, for when we would go sledding. So I think that winter I was probably regretting cutting my gloves. And I can't imagine my parents were overjoyed. Uh, but yeah, I remember, and I was a very small kid. This is the, like, and I only was a late bloomer, like I was late to grow. So I was always like a really short, skinny kid, uh, uh, smaller than all my classmates. I think until I was like uh, 16 that I kind of, uh, grow to kind of av- exact average or whatever. And so that was a story. Like, I think that like, uh, it's just important uh, to remember that, and that's the nice thing about making this podcast is like learning that uh, there really is a huge value in being yourself, uh, and it's a huge gift. Uh, I don't think you can keep like I always think about it with my daughter, uh, and I have this you know bubbling feeling of wanting her to just to be the wonderful self she is, and to protect that to create a safe place around it, but know that that is. Uh, that I can only do so much that that's really her journey that she's going to be making as she gets older. But that is a Promethean thing to try to carry back. Even if you're like, just you're sound asleep or you're listening here along with me to remember your quirks are the things that connect you with other people really. And they are the things that make people laugh. And sometimes they're just laughing out loud and almost like disbelief, uh, but I think that's like this wonderful vulnerability that you allow me as a podcast listeners. Uh, and maybe that's where the success of uh, a lot of successful comedians that have podcasts. Uh, uh, I don't know. I've never studied it as an external thing. But it always seems like when you're really making people laugh, uh, you're just being yourself, <laughs> at least for me and giving my natural observations, and then it cracks people up. Uh, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, uh, to look at the world from a little bit different angle and uh, to love Halloween. Now, as I promised, I would finish up with the, with the best Halloween costume I ever had, just in case uh, I, I, don't, I remember telling this story, but maybe it wasn't on the podcast. Uh, but there was one year when I was in somewhere around fourth or fifth or sixth grade, that my mom decided to make a Halloween, like a, like go all the way in, all in on a Halloween costume. And I don't know where she got this idea. I'll have to ask her about it. Maybe I can interview her. But uh, she decided to make an arcade cab, a Pac-Man arcade cabinet as my Halloween costume. And it was an unbelievable accomplishment uh, by my mother. Like, uh, 
Like it had, it looked like an arcade cabinet. It was made of cardboard that she had like uh, put together. So it was the exact shape as an arcade cabinet. And then she had uh, painted it and used construction paper to make it look like the Pac-Man arcade cabinet. And then she had a joystick, which was made out of some, um, it was the exact same size as a joystick, like I think that twine or something, like a wooden uh, thing that twine or something would come on. I don't know how she did the buttons. And then she did a screen with like a tin um, like thing that a microwave dinner would come in or something. And then did uh, the Pac-Man layout with cardboard and ghosts and Pac-Man. And it was just a kind of thing that you stuck your head in. And there was two holes for your eyes or my eyes. uh, And that was it. Like you just walked around in it. And it would just happen to be the year. uh, I think that was like when Pac-Man had a cartoon and Pac-Man had everything. Cereal, cartoons, TV shows, uh and so whatever grade I was in, we had a Halloween party. We, we, we had two fourth, fifth, sixth grades. I don't remember what year it was. But and one other kid became his Pac-Man, who, and he, he, his parents had made him uh, a full Pac-Man head out of cartoon, cardboard and yellow paper. And it was amazing. I mean, we, it was a tie for the class Halloween costume because uh, – both parents, I mean, I did barely did anything, uh, so this was all my mom's work. Yeah, but the, uh, but we both, like, everyone was like, wow, like, you can't beat those good costumes. And then I was also in the Cub Scouts, and never made it to the Boy Scouts, as people that listen to this podcast may or may not know. But I was in the Cub Scouts with uh, my buddy Pat that I've been friends with, I'm still friends with today, uh, I've been friends with him since kindergarten, uh, Pat T, and a couple of uh, other kids. I went to um, uh, grammar school, and high, I don't know if I went to high school with them. I think maybe I did. And uh, we were in Cub Scouts together, and uh, I remember I wore that we had a Halloween costume night, too, contest, and I got to win that one. Oh boy, I just had a memory, memory alert. Uh, but so, and I think I told that story too, but, uh, but so I won that Halloween costume and I remember I was a high point and, you know, I don't think, I don't know if my, hopefully my mom's asleep, but if you're listening, mom, thank you so much for that. It was just, uh, like the amount of work it put in and I hope my, my joy in winning all the awards and, uh, and the joy and glory I got, uh, uh, I probably didn't thank you enough. Uh, and that's the kind of thing that, that you can't, like, uh, like where hand, homemade Halloween costumes can transcend uh, uh, store-bought ones and transcend the years and decades uh, in some magical way. The reason I said, I remember the, that same, the next year for that Cub Scout Halloween thing, uh I didn't have a costume, uh, probably because I was like, Mom, you're going to make me a costume. She's like, by the way, I got six kids. You only get one Halloween costume in your life, and uh, for you it was great. Uh, but so the next year, that's when I had acquired a lab coat, and then I had uh, 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 Groucho Marx glasses. I thought it was just a disguise. I was under the impression that these Groucho Marx glasses were what spies used, uh because it always said, like, uh, undercover kit when you bought them. It was a uh, framed glasses, a nose with a mustache. Uh, so I thought I would be, like, I really had no idea. Maybe this was my subconscious at work. Uh, but so I wore the lab coat and those glasses with the nose and the mustache. And I, I was like, okay, I'll just be a weird doctor. And like a crazy doctor or something, and I can ham it up and act, uh, and they'll be fine. But then once I started the Halloween parade, like some grandparents or parents were like, uh, "Oh, that's the greatest! That's the greatest Groucho Marx I've ever seen." And I'm not trying to be funny. Like I, had, I was like, "I'm sorry." Like I remember this grandfather. He inter- he goes, "Get over here, Groucho." 
And I was like, I don't have, I said, well, I don't know what this guy said. He goes, here, you need a cigar. And I think maybe it's from Duck Soup, uh, uh, Groucho, with, uh, but whatever. Uh, like, and then he said, here's how you do the cigar. And he gave me a pen. And he said, put it in your mouth. And you say, bada, 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 you know, call me later, call me, call me later, whatever, you know. And uh, so then he started uh, doing Groucho, even though I didn't have any idea who that was. Then the pen exploded in my mouth and all over me, which I just added, uh, like I said, why, like I guess to myself, I was like, why can't they, a guy just mind his own business? Uh, it just wanted to be, uh, but so the pen like got all over my, my face and probably ruined his pen and maybe some, it didn't ruin the lab coat because I used it the next year or the same Halloween to be, uh, Whatever G.I. Joe, whoever G.I. Joe caught, my brother was G.I. Joe. So I don't know. That's a couple of Halloween memories for you. And uh, yeah, I hope you uh, get a positive association, uh, you know, with the journey we took. Uh, thanks for listening and uh, good night.